and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfoot. I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. And if you really want to see something, head over to TikTok. Why? Because I recently went ahead and started doing TikTok videos. I have no idea what I'm doing. There's one of my cat, Levi. There's one of me ranting about pet owners needing pet insurance. I don't know, someone told me I should go on TikTok. So I was like, sure, let's give this thing a try. My handle over at TikTok, at Vet Team Training, pretty easy to remember. So today's podcast is actually gonna focus on the side hustle. I'm really excited about this because I think, especially for a lot of veterinary technicians, client service representatives, even practice managers, a lot of us have a side hustle. Doctors, some of you have side hustles as well. But what makes a side hustle become a business? And really, my side hustle is the thing that has led me into being my own owner. And listen, I am not getting it perfectly right. It's not like I'm wallowing the money or could retire anytime soon. Every month, I look at my bills, I look at what I think is gonna be coming in, and I hopefully am able to pay my bills. And for a lot of you, you know exactly how that feels. There has not really been a moment where I've only had one job. I think for the first year, right coming out of college, I only had one job, but very quickly I jumped into a second job part-time because I needed money. So I've always had a side hustle, whether that be a part-time job at another veterinary hospital or writing, lecturing, any of those things to me, those are your side hustles. What ends up paying the bills is obviously your primary job. Can you create a side hustle that eventually leads into the actual job itself? Sure, you can, because I'm doing it right now. And again, who knows, maybe this thing will be dated and in a year from now, you'll be like, Amy's not doing it anymore. Yeah, that's a very real possibility when you're owning your own business. So I wanted to give you some pro tips, talk a little bit about my own journey, and let's dive into side hustles. So what is a side hustle? Well, a side hustle is essentially basically an additional job that a person takes in addition to their primary job to get supplemental extra income. And for, again, most of veterinary personnel, adding extra income to your very low income is necessary in order to live by yourself or even just plain live and cohabitate with others. So side hustles are a really big deal. And for some of us, we do things like maybe driving for Lyft or Uber. Perhaps we're gonna be DoorDash people, who knows? There's a lot of side hustles that are out there. You could easily you know, go to walking dogs. There's um, different online apps at this point where you become a dog walker and they reach out and say, hey, we have got a dog that needs to be walked. Not a bad gig, I actually did that side hustle. Um, so when I was really, really, really broke in 2018 and deciding whether or not I needed to move home with my parents, um, in my 40s, that's a real story, guys. Um, I ended up actually going online and walking dogs as a side hustle amongst many other side hustles. And so side hustles can provide this extra income. And yes, that extra income is supposed to be reported to the government. In some cases, like Uber or Lyft, they actually report your income to the actual government itself. In other instances where maybe you are getting paid in cash, they don't, but please don't get caught by the IRS. It's going to only complicate more things and cause you to even be more broke. So the reality is, is I've always had a side hustle and um, some of these side hustles have been sort of a surprise for me. I never thought I was gonna be a speaker. 
when the first time someone asked me to lecture in my head, it was screaming no, but what came out of my mouth was actually a yes. And once you start getting paid extra income, a lot of times you become an independent contractor. You are basically non-employee compensation. And you get something at the end of the year called a 1099, which is a lot of fun. And you get to go ahead and report that on your taxes. Now, whoever gives you the 1099, for example, a conference, or maybe you've done a couple publications, so you received sort of a royalty check and you get a 1099 because you're an independent contractor, whatever that looks like, you do definitely need to report that because the business reports it on your behalf. Therefore, the IRS is aware that you actually have income. Now, if you're not from the United States, don't worry. This is the only tax talk I'm going to be doing. The rest of it, I just want to tell you about my own journey, give you some tips and tricks to make it be as successful as possible, some failures that I've had along the way. And hopefully by the end of this, you're going to decide, do I want to move forward a little bit more with my side hustle or not? All right, here's the best thing about having a side hustle. It's not your primary job. So your primary job has your health insurance and your benefits and hopefully a retirement plan and all those wonderful things. So you have a stable income. Your side hustle doesn't necessarily need to be stable income. It's just nice when it happens and when it doesn't, well, you have your regular income to fall back on. So again, having a side hustle is kind of a nice thing. And for me, like I mentioned, I've had several side hustles. You know, when I first graduated out of vet tech school, I took just one job. And very quickly in that first year, I realized I needed to go get a second part-time job as a vet tech in another hospital. So for me, my first side hustle was just simply being a vet tech in another hospital. So I had a full-time vet tech job and I had a part-time vet tech job, which was kind of nice because I had extra income. The second part-time job that I ended up taking on was actually lecturing. And I didn't really mean for that to happen. Essentially, I'm someone who really likes a challenge. And when someone challenged me to do a case report, I thought that sounds interesting. And then after that, they said, hey, that was so good. Do you want to come back and lecture at IVEX for an entire hour on ischemia reperfusion injury? And I just, again, said yes while screaming no. I very quickly got put into being a speaker early on in my career. And I don't know that I was prepared for it, but I'm eternally grateful for it. Being a speaker, it's slow, it's methodical. You have to get your name out there. People always wanna know, how do you get your name out there? Listen, I still put in for conferences. I still write a nice letter and say, hi, my name's Amy Newfield, and here's some of a little bit of my credentials. Here's a little bit about my background, and by the way, here's my lecture list. And then I sit back and I wait, and I hope that that email comes back from them that says, hey, this looks really interesting. We'd love to have you as a speaker. There are still conferences to date that have never invited me, and I've asked to be invited, and I don't get a response. I don't know how to get invited. Sometimes it's who you know, and sometimes it's what they need for the program, and that's totally fine. But the hustle of being a speaker is very much real, and I've never been able to afford only to be a speaker. There's plenty of people who are like, you're speaking an awful lot. Can't that just be your job? Nope, it doesn't pay that well. Trust me on this. It doesn't give you any benefits. It doesn't pay for your health insurance. It doesn't pay for a lot of things. In fact, there are conferences that I have actually lost a lot of money at. Why? Because you only get paid a speaking fee as well as your travel. But I have to pay for my parking. I have to pay for my meals. 
On a rare occasion, I have to pay for a hotel night. So those things add up. And unfortunately, by the time taxes come out, yeah, sometimes I've actually lost money on the deal. So just keep that in mind that speaking is not the way to all of a sudden making tons of money. It's a nice side gig, don't get me wrong. And I've always considered it a side hustle. But then in my earlier years, I was kind of deciding, do I wanna jump full in on emergency medicine or do I really love behavior? And for a brief while, my other side hustle was I owned a company called Citizen K9. That's K with the letter K and then the number nine. Funny pun, right? Um, because Citizen Kane happens to be one of the greatest movies of all times, or so people say, though I would argue that I'm still confused as to how it could be the greatest movie all times when it is revolving around a sled. I'm not gonna give away the ending, but all you need to know is prepare yourself. There is a sled involved. In any event, I named my company Citizen K9. And for about seven years of my life, I struggled with this business. The reality is, is that it's hard to make money doing behavior consults as well as puppy classes. So I actually got to do puppy classes out of an animal rescue league in the state of Massachusetts. It was ridiculous fun, but unfortunately it doesn't make a lot of money. And the nicest thing about the animal rescue league is they didn't charge me to rent out the space. So I was really happy that I didn't have a lot of overhead with that. I made some money, but definitely not a ton of money. The behavior consults are very difficult. So I worked with boarded behaviorists. I actually studied a little bit out of at Purdue University. I did a lot of online classes and really did get to know a lot about specifically canine behavior. And boarded behaviorists, veterinary behaviorists would reach out to me and say, hey, this person could benefit from in-house training, in-house desensitization. Can you really go through the motions with them? And I'd say, sure, no problem. It was a lot of work for not a lot of return on investment. Unfortunately, I didn't get paid a lot of money. And then when 2008 happened, that is known as the Great Recession, nobody wanted to pay for behavior. They were just rehoming their dogs or euthanizing their dogs for behavior problems. And certainly nobody wanted to go ahead and afford puppy classes. So I folded up my shop and said, you know what, this isn't working out. So I already had one failed business attempt. It was listed as a sole proprietorship. And so I basically went ahead and researched different structures for companies. I had a business plan, I had all of that, and I folded it all up because I came to the reality after seven years, just wasn't gonna make me the amount of money that I wanted it to make. And also, it was very frustrating. There were a lot of sob stories of people wanting to do right by their dogs, but they couldn't afford to pay me, and couldn't I just do things for free, and it was breaking my heart. So I get my kicks on behavior by owning my own herding dogs. That's what I do. So I have a Border Collie, I have a Mini Aussie, and trust me, if you really wanna dabble in behavior, just get yourself a herder, um, and they're gonna keep you super busy in the behavior department. And so I will absolutely train all my friends and family's dogs. Whenever anybody gets a new puppy, Amy likes to teach them sit, lay down, and stay probably within the first day. So I absolutely enjoy puppy behavior. I love doing puppy classes, but it's not something I'm gonna do as a side hustle anymore. So at that point, I was doing a little bit of lecturing, I folded up my, my behavior business and I also had a part-time emergency job. I was working at a university, but also had a full-time job. So yeah, I had three different side hustles at one point. 
So I started kind of streamlining really what I wanted to do with my career and really speaking slowly started to take off. You have to understand I've been lecturing for 18 years out of my 26 year career. It first started with one conference and then the following year I think I had two or three conferences and the year after that I had a couple more conferences. Last year alone, I went to 22 different conferences. That's insane. And yet, even in that 22 different conferences, it's not enough for it to only be my only job. So I've always had a solid full-time job where somebody else was my boss. But I started to streamline my side hustles because the reality is, is you can't excel if you have too many side hustles. So got rid of the behavior business, worked a full-time job, worked a part-time job in veterinary medicine, and then was lecturing. And I really enjoyed that. I did that for many, many years. It, uh, you know, if I picked up a speaking gig, I just wouldn't commit to part-time hours at this other veterinary hospital. And luckily, my employer was so fantastic. They were very good at allowing me to go and lecture and then come back to the full-time job. And in, in kind of return, I would advertise them as my employer. It would be on my slides. I would tell people how great the actual company was. The actual um, recruiting center would get calls and say, hey, I heard Amy Newfield speak. She said, this is a great company to work for. And it was really nice because Again, I helped supported them because they supported me and it was a really nice relationship. I've always been very lucky that my employers have been very supportive of my lecturing because it's not easy to be jetting off here or asking for a change of schedule there or trying to be plugging yourself in there. And even when I was managing a moderately sized, you know, veterinary specialty hospital from the technician side of things, it was really nice that the staff was so supportive because I would say, hey, I need to switch shifts or can someone plug in a hole here? On the flip end uh, was when I did come back, I worked really hard. My normal schedule was a Monday, Tuesday overnight and I flipped over to a Friday day. And then fast forward two weeks later, it was a Sunday, Monday overnight and flip into that Friday or Saturday day. So yeah, it was a pretty crazy schedule, but I tried to get to know everybody on my team. And again, in return of them allowing me to go to these lecture gigs, I would go ahead and pick up insane shifts and cover shifts because I felt so grateful that they supported me in this. So again, you have to figure out, do you have sort of something that you really are excited about and can you turn it into a side hustle? And for a lot of you, that is already working in another veterinary hospital, but do you have other talents? You know, I know veterinary technicians that are amazing artists. They are starting to paint, they're starting to do crafts. Um, you know, just recently somebody made me earrings and they're beautiful, they're unicorn earrings. I have to say, I absolutely love them. Um, thank you, Robin. And honestly, I feel like this girl should have a side hustle. She says she's not selling them yet, but she should sell them. I think like side hustles do require some work, but it also requires some money. So I wanna to talk to you now that you know all of my side hustles and right now, what am I doing? I'm working for myself. I've turned my side hustle into my years of lecturing onto an online continuing education platform. I also do consulting work on a leadership and management space because I've written some books. Oops, I became a manager and oops, my team is toxic. So I've been very fortunate that my passions of being able to lecture as well as write is now my career. I mean, pinch me people. Like I can't even believe that I'm here. And I'm coming into a year of 
fully being all by myself and being my own boss. And listen, every month I look at it and my partner, I always joke with him because I say, this month I'm fine. And he goes, Amy, you're going to be fine next month too. And I go, I don't know. I don't know what kind of income I'm going to have. And that is the reality when you're doing consulting work, when you're coaching people, you don't know how many cancellations you're going to have. You don't know how many people might be new and want to pick up your services. You have no idea. It is a little bit playing the lottery every single month. So every month I go, this month I'm fine. Or sometimes I say, I'm set for the next two months. I'm okay. I Financially, I'm fine for the next two months. And he just rolls his eyes and I go, no, seriously. I don't know what I'm doing after that. And he goes, you're going to figure it out. So far, I have been figuring it out, but it's only been a year. So I can't say that I'm, you know, the business entrepreneur and the, the model of success yet because it's only a year out. I don't really know what I'm doing because this is the first time I don't have a side hustle. My side hustle is my real job. Okay, so I wanted to go ahead and provide you some tips and tricks if you are interested in moving your side hustle from a side hustle into more of a big business. And I'll also say these are tips, even if you just want your side hustle to be as effective as it can be. First and foremost, you have to keep accurate business records. You have to stay organized. Now, you should create a business if you're going to have a side hustle that isn't something that's already owned by another company. For example, if you're doing part-time at a vet clinic that's owned by another company, if you are driving for Uber or Lyft or you are a DoorDash, um, employee that's owned by another company. But if you are creating artwork, if you're selling whatever product that you want to on social media, whatever that looks like, creating a business is going to help you. And there's various ways that you can organize your business. So the two big ones, sole proprietorship, this is the cheapest. This basically says I am a single business owner. I'm not incorporated, but basically I am a company. That's nice. It means, hey, I've got a little bit of a side gig going on. And there is some risk with that. What happens is, is the difference between a sole proprietorship and an LLC, there's a lot of differences, but the big one is, if you had somebody come after you and say, sue you, for example, if you're a sole proprietorship, they can also take all of your assets because that means everything is owned by you and the company and you're all one. A LLC, a limited liability corporation, which is where a lot of people like to go ahead and go, gives you a little bit more protection. It says you can't take my house because my house is where I live. It's not part of my business. So I, the first business I created, Citizen Canine, it actually was a sole proprietorship at the time, flat broke, did not have the money to incorporate. Now I own an LLC. It is incorporated. It is in fact a corporation that is owned by myself. I'm a single owner corporation basically which is something that anybody can do but on the back end of it it costs a little bit more money to incorporate so first and foremost you want to think about you know how you want to structure your business if you really want to provide structure for your business if you want to just see how your side hustle goes that's fine but just recognize that if someone comes after you and you don't have any sort of business structure at all you're held absolutely 100 liable all right i also want you to keep accurate records of everything. If you're selling something, if you're meeting with clients, if you're offering services, I want you to keep track of that if it is your own side hustle. If you've created this side hustle and it's something that you're doing, make sure you're organized. One, you know, it's gonna help you construct your business and put more ideas around it, but two, 
if you ever need to look back at your finances or look at what was a good return on investment as far as marketing or something like that, hopefully you're gonna go ahead and have that available for you. You need to plan for your business. One of the things that I did early on is just get a bunch of books. Um, you know, I started my other company in 2002 and the internet was a thing, but it wasn't a huge thing. It was just kind of coming into fruition. We had MySpace and, you know, a couple little apps here and there, but um, we didn't really have a lot of internet. So that research still kind of happened primarily through good old fashioned books. Uh, so I got, bought a bunch of books and uh, started reading on companies and basically how to create a company and how to protect myself. Um, I think I did an okay job, obviously. I came up with any legal paperwork I needed to come up with. I actually drafted it myself based on documents. I would not recommend that, but I was flat broke, didn't have money to incorporate, and also didn't wanna be that risky with my business in terms of giving up any of the finances I had already created for myself because I was living paycheck to paycheck. So if you are looking to offer services, my biggest suggestion to you is it definitely is better if you're gonna be offering services like consulting work or training in a hospital or anything like that, having a corporation is gonna help protect you, but also making sure you have a plan. And some of that planning needs to include legal forms and contracts and stuff like that so that if you hire on a new um, company or let's just say the uh, veterinary hospital has taken you on and you are going to be their technician trainer, right? They like your consulting work, you're coming in to train CPR, but unfortunately, while you're training CPR, uh, somebody slips and falls and they believe it was your fault because it was over your computer cord and you didn't secure the computer cord and now they're suing you, okay? I know that sounds crazy, but absolutely could happen. In that moment, what does your contract say? You need contracts whenever you're dealing with the public or other people. If you're just making artwork or making bracelets or making earrings, you don't really need a contract, right? That's an end point of sale. But if you're going to go ahead and offer services that are coaching or consulting or you're working with people, people love to sue. So please go ahead and protect yourself. Even when I was having a sole proprietorship business, my clients signed off on a contract. It was a contract to say, hey, we recognize that there is some risk with this person working with our dog. We're not gonna hold this person liable if our dog decides to bite us, them, or anybody else. We also understand that dogs are unpredictable in their behavior, even though Amy's gonna do due diligence, yada, yada, yada. Um, but it also said, I'm gonna pay Amy. And this is really important because getting paid by people is really important. Again, if you're just selling something, you know, that's one thing. But even if you've decided to open up your own dog walking business, you should have a small contract online that when people sign up, they agree to pay you. Because shockingly enough, you go to get that money. Now suddenly it's like, oh, well, when do I have to pay? Do I have to pay you right now? Like, when does that, do I have 30 days? Do I have 60 days? People are terrible when it comes to payment sometimes. So everything should be in writing so that everybody is fully aware that, hey, I've agreed to go ahead and get paid at a certain time and you've agreed to pay me. So being nice and organized and creating plans for your business is really important. I think, unfortunately, there's too many people who think, oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and offer coaching or consulting. Well, what happens when that goes awry or someone decides not to pay you? Um, so making sure that you protect yourself is really important. 
You wanna also go ahead and figure out how to market your business. Now, in the day of social media, honestly, it has been a game changer in terms of marketing. It used to just be word of mouth or who you knew. When I was doing my behavior consult work, I would literally go around to hospitals and I would hand them my brochures and I'd say, hi, my name's Amy. Let me talk a little bit about my services and here's kind of my street cred and here's my education. Um, and please refer me, uh, your clients. And that's how that worked. Now I don't go into hospitals. I do a lot of my marketing through social media. I think there's a really effective ways to do that. And it really, in terms of what platform, entirely up to you. I mean, honestly, there's so many wonderful social media platforms out there. Whatever works for you is great and put yourself out there as little or as much as you want, but make sure that you start to grow your base. Now, one of the very good things about my current business is people had heard me lecture prior to me starting my online continuing education platform. So I already had what I like to call street cred coming into my current full-time business and making my side hustle a reality. You want to also protect your intellectual property. If all of a sudden you are doing well, and I do know online continuing education platforms, not mine, because I am still small potatoes in the big, big world, um, that unfortunately have had their trademarks being tried to be ripped off, similarities in other companies. You need to trademark, you need to copyright your stuff because unfortunately people are going to try to take it if you are successful. So do everything you can, figure out how to trademark stuff, figure out how to copyright stuff. Now, a lot of times people feel like they need a lawyer in order to go ahead and trademark stuff. You just have to do a lot of reading, a lot of reading and being meticulous. I've gotten really good at trademarking stuff because I actually got to trademark stuff for the academy that I was a board member for for many, many years. Um, and as such, I took that skill and applied it to my own business when I turned into an LLC corporation for vet team training. And I thought, I know how to trademark. It's not easy, but it's not horribly hard. You just have to read documents like you're a lawyer and then figure out how to trademark it. So definitely just uh, Google stuff. There's plenty of information out there. That's one of the best things about the internet is anything you don't know, just type the question into the internet. The internet will provide you a fairly decent answer actually. Um, so definitely protect your intellectual property. And I think having a website is still necessary. I know a lot of side hustles only have, you know, Etsy stores or Facebook pages, and those are great. And listen, when you're first starting out, if that's all you can afford, that's awesome. But having an actual physical website says, I'm a real business, this is what's really happening in my life, and you can come and you can learn more on my actual website, which is really important. So you wanna make sure that anything that you use on your website isn't copyrighted material, which then goes down a whole nother weird rabbit hole. When you create a website, a lot of times the website platform that you decide to go for, and there's plenty of them out there, they have a lot of images for free. You're gonna wanna use those images. If you start poaching other images from online material, you're stealing someone else's copyright and if it's on your website, they can sue you um, or they can ask for a cease and desist and that's super uncool. So just be aware that whenever you're creating your website, don't try to rip anybody else off. Make sure that the images you're using are copyrighted free and you're allowed to use it. And then lastly, 
again, just promote yourself and be different. What sets you apart? Is it the style of art that you're creating? Is it your background story that people can relate to? Whatever it is, you need to start setting yourself apart and then really pushing that so that people know who you are and brand yourself. Now, I'll talk a little bit about branding here because I came about it, I think, a little bit by luck. When I wrote Oops, I Became a Manager, I was actually already in LLC. And the reason I did that was one, to protect my book content, but two, because I started doing some consulting work probably about a year or two before that, really didn't have an LLC, was getting nervous because I was doing more consulting and coaching work and realized, hey, even though I'm having people sign contracts that they're gonna pay me, I don't have a company in the event that someone gets angry with me and tries to sue me. So. Decided to go ahead and become an LLC um, around the same time that I wrote Oops, I Became a Manager. I put a unicorn on the cover of my book. I love unicorns. Even though my editor said, don't put a unicorn on the cover. And actually a really good friend of mine, if you're listening to this, I still love you, best friend, um, said to me, this is a dumb title and this is a dumb thing that you're putting a unicorn on the cover. And I said, I don't care. It's my thing. I have unicorn theme throughout this entire book. I'm going to run with it. And people said, it's not going to work. And I said, well, it's my jam. It turns out it was an okay thing to do because people can resonate with wanting to be better, wanting to find that magical creature, realizing that sometimes it is truly obtainable and unicorns aren't perfect, let's be very clear. Unicorns sometimes just poop out regular poop. It's not always rainbows, people, but most of the time the unicorn's pretty fantastic. So when people say, oh, the unicorn thing is overused, no, nah, every so often we get a unicorn. I worked in a unicorn practice, it's a real thing. And every so often I have a unicorn friendship or I get this wonderful, amazing unicorn animal who can do no wrong. His name is Gizmo, by the way. He's lovely. He's a tripod. Um, and my partner, he will tell you that that cat can do no wrong, even though he does do wrong. He can't. He's just this magical little tiny tripod unicorn that I have in my life. He's so cute. He can't, all his naughty things. You can't be mad at him. He only has three legs. Uh, I have another three-legged cat. She's not a unicorn. Um, she is a dilute torty. Um, and that's all I need to say about that cat. So I do love her though. I do love her. She is a total bee and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, um, if you know Dilute Torty, just Google it. Just Google Dilute Torty and you'll be like, oh, uh-huh, mm -hmm. all right. So anyway, you should start thinking about branding. And for me, again, I kind of got lucky. People started to get to know me as someone who has unicorns. And then I created a website, threw a bunch of unicorns on it, uh, created a Facebook page, threw some more unicorns on it, created a second book, threw some unicorns on it, then decided to create a unicorn coloring book. And at this point, it's a brand. And so rainbows and unicorns are my brand. And so as you get deeper into the side hustle and you start thinking about your own company, what's your brand and what does that look like and how does it stick out? So that when people see rainbows and unicorns, they think Amy Newfield, vet team training. I didn't mean for it to happen, but it kind of did. And I'm really okay with it. So now I'm gonna embrace it. In fact, somebody said to me, you really like a lot of colors. And I said, well, it is sort of my brand, so I'm just gonna embrace it. I'm gonna embrace all the fantastic craziness that I alone have created with this company. So yeah, creating something unique, creating unique branding is something that people are gonna stand behind. And 
much like Stanley Cups, you know, those Stanley Cup watermarks, which I just recently found out about it. I didn't know they had been around for so long. I didn't know they were a fad. Um, I don't understand it. It's much like Beanie Babies. I didn't get the fad then either. Um, but yeah, I don't get where the Yeti, the Yeti Cups, when they were super popular, I was still buying my El Cheapo ones on Amazon because they also equally hold water um, and the water doesn't fall out of them and they're significantly cheaper. Anyway, um, so when we think about branding, again, you want to figure out what sets you apart, what makes you unique so that people think of you and go, oh, that's really fantastic. If you are in consulting or training or coaching, whatever that is, how does your brand set apart from everybody else? So again, they see something and they think of your company. Um, you know, as far as other things that you need to think about, it's the cost factor. And I think that's the big thing that scares a lot of people about taking side hustle to reality is the cost and the risk factor. I'm a risk adverse individual. My life has been methodically thought out. I have planned large events. I don't like spontaneity. Um, I like to make sure I know where my income is coming. I like to make sure I have plans for retirement. And for the first time in my entire life, in the end of 2022, I found myself in a situation where I had every intention of jumping into another company and just keep on doing what I was doing. But I had a lot of companies um, at the time start having wonderful conversations with me. But if you remember back to the end of 2022, it was the year that every said everybody said a recession is coming. And very quickly, people actually stopped talking to me and they said, well, we're going to see how the holidays go and we're going to talk to you back in the first quarter. And two companies actually did reach out to me in the first quarter, but by then I was thousands of dollars in debt into my online continuing education platform and frantically building this out because I had had this brainstorm idea years ago, but never had the time to put it to fruition. And without actually having a company, I thought to myself, I'm just gonna go for this. And I just found myself all of a sudden taking my side hustle and just doing it. And it was never intended to supposed to be that way. It was supposed to still be a side hustle where I was just a speaker and I didn't have an online continuing education platform because I had stable income and you know maybe I write another book or so. That's it. But here I was in this situation where companies were like, you're great, but we don't want to add in a new position. You're great, but there's a recession coming. And suddenly I just found myself saying, I don't like this. I don't like not having stable income. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a chance on myself. And so I stopped talking to companies. Um, when they started reaching back out the first quarter, I said, I'm sorry. I've already, I'm now, I'm doing vet team training. That's what I'm doing. Um, it is important if you're going to take your side hustle to a, your business, you have to be focused on it. Every morning, wake up at the same time, start cracking, start doing things. <laughs> my partner always likes to say, you never stop working. No, I don't, because it's my business. Like I am there, we're watching TV at night and I'm putting content into the website. I'm there answering emails. I wake up in the morning answering emails. I'm on vacation, I'm answering emails. I'm taking phone calls, I'm doing coaching, I'm doing consulting. The hustle is real. You need to limit your distractions, but you also have to have amazing control over your own schedule. There's no one that is, you're going to report to. You have to hold 
hold yourself accountable. If you fail, it's your fault that you failed because you didn't either put in the work, the time, or the effort, or the business model just wasn't meant to be. I look back at my earlier business as Citizen Kane and I realize it wasn't a good business model. At the time, I just was like, oh, well, it's the recession. And that part, partly is true, but it was never going to be a successful business model. The, I think the only way it would have been a successful business model is if I was working with a behaviorist 24 seven, and we also were developing out different things. Instead, just doing consulting work, it's hard to make a living off of just consulting work. So I want you to realize like the hustle is going to be very real if you decide to move side hustle into real hustle. Um, there's not a moment I'm not hustling. There's not a moment I'm not thinking about what's different, what's new, can I do something different? How can I shake things up? How can I get more customers? How can I get more people to subscribe? How can I get more coaching calls? What does this look like? How can I advertise myself? And I'm terrible at these things because I hate putting myself out there. Um, yeah, I'm real bad at it. I, as far as advertising me, I don't like doing it. But in order to my side hustle being successful at this point, the only reason that it's ever going to be successful is because I'm out there hustling every, every single day. I think one of the other things that I would strongly suggest to anybody thinking about going into a full business for themselves is build your relationships. And admittedly, I'm not the best at this. Um, people, a lot of people know who I am, but I'm not great at networking. And I think for 2024, and I've said this to my friends and family, I have to get better at networking. I am the type of person that will go to a conference, I'll get dinner invites, and I will decline every single one of them because I would rather be in my hotel room eating dinner all by myself. But this is my business. And in order for me to grow my business, I need connections. And in order for me to have connections, I have to network. And I'm terrible at networking. That is the reality. You will probably not see me doing a very good of job of networking. Again, um, for everybody who's ever invited me to dinner, I'm sorry that I said no, 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 and no. I'm awkward, I'm weird. Um, I'd rather just be by myself, but I do recognize networking is very important. Uh, so I want you to go ahead and don't do what I'm doing currently, which is hiding away from networking. I want you to put yourself out there, um, grow, grow your group and grow the key connections that you have because those people are going to help advocate for you. Um, lastly, I want you to have fun. Whatever your side hustle is, you should have fun doing it. And you know, when I first lectured, I don't think I was having fun. I'm having a great time now because I've gotten comfortable with lecturing. But at the time, I really just thought, what am I doing to myself? This is, this is pretty torturous. And it turned out it was one of the best challenges in my life that I ever could have done. I had no idea that I would get these amazing opportunities. And I certainly never thought I would own an online continuing education platform simply because of the 18 years experience as a speaker. I finally just thought about it and thought, I have so much content. It should live someplace. I should have other amazing speakers be on this platform I think that this would be a thing. And you know what, like I said, while I'm not going to retire anytime soon, that definitely is not happening. It's it's happening. Every month, I panic a little bit. Every month, I still make ends meet. Every month, I freak out just a little bit and my partner talks me off a ledge and I, I say the crazy things like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if this is gonna happen, but 
I'm, I'm having fun with it. This is my passion. I'm super passionate about it. I was passionate about writing my books. I was passionate about every single lecture I ever give. And I'm super passionate about veterinary team training. Like that is, that's part of who I am now. It's not just a job. It's definitely not a side hustle. It's my real hustle people. And it took me many years to get here. And again, I've tried many different things before that. Again, failed other business, absolutely failed at that. Many other side hustles. I walked dogs, that's a real thing. If my family's listening to this, they probably had no idea that I was that broke that I was walking dogs. Um, and that was a real thing. So I totally get the side hustle gig, but turning your side hustle into a real world business, whoo, that is a totally different ball game. And I'm not gonna give you all the business advice because I'm learning and growing myself. And the reality is, is when I'm still here in five years, then we can go, hey, Amy really did make it. Right now I'm like, hey, I've survived a year of online continuing education platform vet team training. I can still keep on going because I'm doing okay and it isn't failing. Um, I can't retire anytime soon in the hustle. Again, hustle people, it's so real. Every morning I wake up trying to just figure out how I'm gonna advertise this business, do something different, get content, network. I gotta do better networking. Yeah, that would be my recommendation for everybody. You should not You should definitely network. Um, so I know this podcast was a lot about me, but it also is about my mistakes and things that I've learned along the way. And right now more than ever, especially for this younger generation, kudos to you guys. I feel like you're more risk adverse. Gen Zers, you're willing to take a chance. I don't think I was ever that willing to take a chance in my younger years. Like I wanted to have a stable job and I wanted to not be an entrepreneur. And when I tried it, I still had a job. And it wasn't until I kind of fell into, hey, I've got to make some decisions. I think this idea that I've been muling about in my head and done limited research on, and actually I had written down a project plan about it. I think I'm going to run with it. I'm going to do it. And within six months, I had an online continuing education platform, but there was six months of Amy going, oh my gosh, the only thing holding my salary together were speaking gigs and my coaching and my consulting. Um, and now I can safely say, I feel like I have a real business, which is completely crazy to me. Um, when people ask what you do, it's weird for me to say, I own my own business, but that side hustle took years to evolve through many mis different mistakes and trials and tribulations. And again, I didn't know it was gonna be until it was. So I hope this helps you in your journey because again, I see more people than ever going into business for themselves, creating side hustles. I want everybody to be successful in whatever you decide to take on. That could be you going down the rabbit hole of coaching and consulting or training. It could be that you're going to just be a, a part-time technician, you're offering locum services, you're filling in, you're doing your own relief work. It could be that you're tag teaming with another vet tech or another doctor and creating something special. Whatever it is, I want you to be super successful. And I hope that, you know, kind of on a high level view, you take some of this advice so you can be as successful as you can. Remember, protect your business, Come up with forms and documents, especially if you're working with people, make sure you have contracts so you can't get sued or if you do get sued, you're protected. 
Um, decide how you want to incorporate your business, develop a website, social media, think about marketing. How do you develop brand awareness? It's a lot, but here's the thing. Start small, start with an idea, start with a cool name, and then start to build out that project plan, write things down. It can't just live inside your head in order for you to be successful. You have to write down goals and things you want to accomplish and you're more likely to get there. Thank you for everything that you do. And as I always like to say, keep on being a unicorn. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. And yeah, go check out the TikTok thing. I, I don't know what I'm doing. You'll probably get a good laugh or two. I think there's only two videos up there. Um, but yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post a couple more videos, probably of my, cute, my crew. And I'm going to get a little bit more vulnerable because I know I don't share a lot about myself, but I think you're going to see Gizmo um, because he's the most perfect unicorn cat there is. That's all I have to say. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.